0: total number of all visits to the museum. Special attention is currently paid to tourists from China. We have already created the museum website and an audio guide for them in Chinese. We hope that visitors from China will feel comfortable here, she said. At least 60 additional medical teams will provide round-the-clock aid to those who need it during the upcoming football tournament in the Russian capital. According to Irina Paguenchenkova, the chief medical officer for the period of preparation and holding of the FIFA World Cup in Moscow, from the point of view of providing medical care, the city is perfectly ready to host the World Cup. All ambulance teams have undergone additional training and are ready to face an additional burden during the month-long football festival, she said. 60 medical teams have been organized in such a way as not to reduce the availability of medical care for the residents of the Russian capital. And finally, a cat nicknamed Achilles has predicted the outcome of the opening match between Russia and Saudi Arabia this Thursday. The white feline, who lives in St. Petersburg Hermitage Museum, was given a choice between two bowls of cat food, marked after the two teams' opening the tournament on the 14th of June. Achilles opted for the one displaying the Russian flag. Last year, Achilles was right about the outcomes of three out of four Confederations Cup matches played in St. Petersburg, including the opening and the final games. This time around, the cat is set to predict the winners and losers of seven football matches due to be held in his native St. Petersburg. On the 15th of June, Morocco's team will take on Iran. On the 19th of June, a match will take place between Russia and Egypt. On the 22nd of June, a game will be held between Brazil and Costa Rica in Only on the 26th of June, Argentina will take on Nigeria. St. Petersburg will also hold two playoff games and a match for the third place. Let's check the weather in some of the host cities of the World Cup in Russia. 26 degrees Celsius in Rostov-on-Don, 13 in Keterinburg, 15 in St. Petersburg. It's nice and sunny here in Moscow, plus 17. It's 5 points out of t- possible 10 on the roads this hour. According to our interactive map, a drive to and from Sheremetyevo airport is about an hour each way. Driving time to the Maderova airport from the city center is around 70 minutes and about an hour to get back into central Moscow. Driving time to Vnukova airport is under an hour each way. That's all the news for now. Valerie Pakov in the studio. Stay tuned for more. Capital
1: FM Moscow. Capital
2: Sports with Alan Moore.
3: Good evening, listeners and viewers as well who are watching us online on our live stream on Capital FM. Moscow, uh, folks. Okay, so it is less than twenty four hours to go until the greatest ever sports event kicks off, and uh, of course, it's kicking off in Luzhniki tomorrow. I know there's many, many people who want to be there, but unfortunately, the Luzhniki only holds eighty three and a half thousand or something around that. So just over eighty thousand. So it's not going to happen for you, but you can enjoy it with Capital Sports and Capital FM and. Uh, I should say, DJ Nikki, stay. Are yes. we ready for it? Yes,
0: yes, we this are. Is this going to
3: be a mental month ahead?
0: Is this going to be what?
3: A crazy month
0: ahead. Oh, it is. It's going to be insane, absolutely, but in a good way.
3: Exactly. So, because from Friday morning, from Friday morning, from uh, 8.45 and again at 9.45, we will have our sports updates. I'll be here in the studio. It won't be with, unfortunately, with Nicky's Day, but we will be, uh, I'll say, we'll be in the studio together a little bit later during the different days. Uh, yeah. I'll be with the breakfast crew. And uh, yeah, so you have your main, main, well, mainland Europe's number one radio Sports show or English language sports show, my God. It's just been a rush today because everything is going off. We have all gotten our accreditations, we've all gotten our tickets and we're ready to roll. So straight away, we have uh, some very interesting news. It's not, of course, uh, the Spanish coach being fired after, well, he was taking up the Real Madrid, Madrid job. It's not anything like that. We are going all the way to Kishinev or Chisinau in Moldova. We're going to speak with the executive director for Lokomotiv Moscow, uh, Alexei Kirichek. Alexei, how are you doing? Uh, Hello, Alan. I I am again. Thank you. Okay, Alexei, listen, tell us, you were here with us last week. Just so one week ago, you were sitting here beside me. We were having a good chat and uh, telling us just about how important marketing and good marketing is in uh, football in general, especially in Russia. What are you doing right now in Kishinev? what were you doing today? Uh, In uh,
4: Kishinev now is a regional meeting for European Club Association which is the uh, executive body for all clubs in Europe, in all the relations with UEFA. Uh, and uh, here we discuss the perspectives of uh, European competitions after the 2024 20, year. So, you see, we discuss here the marketing of the European football uh, after six years. So it's really nice to discuss it in advance instead of just uh, tomorrow. So listen Ale-
3: Alex I mean I, that's I mean we need more forward thinking in sports in general especially in football but um was there anything mentioned about the expansion of the Europa League or the Champions League?
4: Uh, no it's not we don't, we don't discuss about the expansion the expansion League is going to be 32 clubs, clubs. but the uh, European Club Association I know UEFA they think about how to strengthen the Champions League and Europe League, and also to strengthen all European competitions, and also to increase the value of both national, and also to increase solidarity payments to the clubs from minority.
3: So, I mean, on, on that, I mean, uh, I've seen, like, you know, say Cork City from Ireland, who be playing in Champions League this year, just be, you know, as a solidarity payment, they're going to receive uh, eight hundred thousand euros. Um, how important is it to increase those payments to the, the trickle down effect to smaller clubs in Europe and smaller countries?
4: Uh, you know, you uh, is is about the sustainability of football in whole Europe. So that's why it's really important to increase the payments to the minor clubs. And here most of the clubs are from the former USSR countries, so Georgia, Moldova, uh, uh, Belarus, Latvia, Estonia, etc. And of course, for them, the money which are coming from the UEFA are really important for their business.
3: Uh, listen, Alexei, um, give us an example. What what kind of like issues are facing? Uh, because, of course, we have like, you know, th- they're talking here yesterday and today in the Congress uh, about the revenue for uh, FIFA falling by point like 400 million. What, what are the big issues facing the smaller countries and say form- former uh, Soviet Union countries?
4: Uh, you know, the the, the the money because they don't have a huge in the markets so, and that's why they rely on the money from the European competitions and also they're facing the challenges regarding the marketing value of the uh, championships.
3: Uh, is, is Will there ever be a chance, say for example, that there'll be kind of like a split East-West in European competitions to try and, you know, maximize or to assist some of the, the smaller nations in Eastern Europe?
4: Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure that it will happen because we the federation of the all European countries.
3: Okay, that's a, no. Listen, Alexei, we're go, we're going to let you go, and because I know you're flying back to Moscow tonight. So, um last little question. So you're you're away in Moldova, but is there a bit of football fever going on then there as well? Alexei, we've lost you. We we've lost you a little bit. Oh, we just lost you. You went very very So, listen: Is there World Cup fever in uh, Moldova as well?
4: What? Well, what's uh, welcome
3: World Cup fever.
4: Uh, sorry, Alan, I, I, I don't understand. understand. it's it, uh, it's not uh, easy to to listen because it's far away from Moscow.
3: <laughs> very funny <laughs> listen okay you got what I meant anyway. so listen uh, tomorrow night's game uh, l- last week we said okay let's let's stop complaining about uh, Mr. Cherchesov and the Russian team and so on and let's get behind them so what do you reckon give us a result for tomorrow night uh,
4: you know I'm going to uh, to the stadium and to support our team and hope uh, we will go next
3: round okay that's the most important thing. Alexei thank you very much and we'll see you back here very very soon and yeah, safe travel thank back
4: you, thanks, thanks
3: Alexei that, of course, was Alexei Kirichek, the executive director for Lokomotiv Moscow and a good friend of the show. And, uh, of course, he is, you know, he was down there, there- discussing how to improve football in Europe, and especially in the smaller nations, like my own home country, Ireland. So, to discuss that and a lot, lot more, and especially discuss the World Cup, we have two guests right away in the studio, because we have a, a bumper, bumper show today. We have voices from all around the world, uh, all around Russia, and uh, yeah, lots of phone calls as well to get through. So, first I'm going to introduce to my right, nearest to my right, within striking distance if he said something wrong, we have uh, Mr. Ruben Joseph. He is a senior reporter with The Week magazine in India. Ruben, how are you doing? I'm doing good. So this is your first World Cup, correct?
1: First World Cup, yes.
3: Okay, all right, we'll come back to it in a second. And sitting a bit further, I'll have to stretch across our Valeria. You'll have to slap him there. Our news, uh, newscaster, Valeria, will have to hit him. So uh, we have uh, another good friend of the show and someone who's always an interesting speaker. So Nikita Salkin, who's a senior research fellow at the... You know US. The
5: Center of Strategic Sport Research, the longest name you'll ever hear. Exactly.
3: and I can't say it because I have to take my teeth out first. So Nikita, um, listen, this is your first World Cup
5: to visit, correct? Yeah, it is. Finally, I'm here. (laughs) So, okay.
3: So I'm going to kick off uh, first. I'm going to straight away uh, with with, uh, Ruben. So what are your impressions so far of Moscow since you've arrived?
1: Moscow's been pretty good, actually. I um, I didn't expect uh, this sort of festivity over here, but especially around Red Square. So it's actually been pretty fun. And I mean, if you
3: compare, say, OK, because, of course, uh, number one sport in, in India is cricket. Yeah. So can you, can you kind of compare? You haven't been to matches yet, but can you compare the kind of the, the energy in Red Square, say, to say uh, in Kolkata or, or, or Mumbai before well, the I'd cricket match? I'd say cricket
1: is much more than India.
3: <laughs> OK, so it's <there's> more fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nikita, I mean, OK, so you're a Muscovite, but you've lived a long time in Indonesia. But listen, um, what, what, what are you feeling right now here in Moscow? What, what's the energy like for you?
5: Well, uh, I'm literally feeling the buzz of the World Cup, even like when I was uh, going through the metro stations or on the subway in Moscow. You you could see a lot of fans from all over the world. I mean, South American fans are just swarming the whole city and they're bringing the atmosphere. I mean, you can feel like this is a part of another, a totally uh, different kind of culture that's being just integrated into Moscow. And I think it's just brilliant.
3: I mean, do, do, you, do you find that as well, uh, Ruben, where, you know, with with the, the many, many fans walking around, and they're all, of course, wearing the, the fan IDs, which, you know, seems a bit odd, like, you know, where uh, I, I, I can't kind of get my head around that. But when you're seeing fans, how are they reacting? Are people, like, looking at each other and smiling and saying hello?
1: Yeah, actually, they are doing that a lot. That's pretty cool, actually. So the thing is, they see each other, they realize they're from different cultures and different countries, and it's a great place to, you know, uh, meet and find people from other places That is, that is important that isn't, in terms of
3: organisation because we'll speak with that with John Duggan a little bit later on from uh, Newstalk in Ireland um how have you found the organization, like ease of access, e- like getting your accreditation and so on and so forth? How has it been for you? I
1: think it's been pretty smooth so far, uh, especially with uh, regards to accreditation and all the media-related uh, work. It's There's been no problem at all, so I have no complaints. Oh, that's good. That's good. Nikita, okay. Now, you've been working on, uh, like, say, legacy project and so, uh,
3: so on, and the economic aspect of mega events, especially, and viewership. Um, have you any kind of like insight into what, what, what we should be expecting from, say, TV viewership or sponsors? Because it was kind of bad reading today at the Congress.
5: Um, well, the thing with football and with football in Russia particularly, you never know what to expect. But the only thing you can do is make some estimates and assume. Um, in terms of some sort of a long-term economic impact, most of the studies have been mostly conservative. In their estimates, and uh, with the latest study that was presented by the local organizing committee, uh, it showed that we're, s- we're talking about something in the range of a 1% increase of the national GDP, but uh, the GDP uh, estimates would be different for different regions. For instance, Kaliningrad can expect something f- uh, from up to 15%. So hold on, so the
3: answer, 1% is the average over all regions it's, in it's Russia, it's or the average na- where they're no, hosting it's the na- matches? No, it's
5: the national GDP for the whole country. Ooh, so okay. 1%. So it's, it's not that low actually, but it, if we're talking about regional specific GDP, then in some, uh, in some regions we're going to see a massive impact, like I said, I was trying to mention about Kaliningrad, which is expecting up to 15% increase in regional GDP. So um, in terms of the national currency, the, the local ruble shouldn't be that much affected. So um, most mega events impact the national currency, but it's mostly within the 2% range. So it wouldn't be that mu- much of an impact for the local currency. And it would be a short term because it would just be about uh, merely tourists uh, going through their exchanges and buying up rubles.
3: Okay. So Ruben, I mean, uh, of course India as you know, for for most Russians uh, is always seen as a as a huge de- like tourist destination whether it's like hiking up in the in in the north or it's lying on a beach in Goa. Um how important is tourism? Because I mean a lot of our listeners won't understand the incoming tourists into Russia. So how important is the impact of sports tourism like like you see in India when like say the English cricket team come in and so on.
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't think sports tourism is all that much when it comes to India because it's basically just cricket when you have that. But uh, when it comes to when you see uh, tournaments like the IPL, then there are a lot of fans who come and a lot of cricketers. And then I think that way it helps. uh, It does uh, matter a lot for India. But uh, recently we've had the ISL, the Indian uh, Super League, in in terms of football. So I think even in that way, uh, sports tourism does play, uh, starting to play a bigger role now in India. Now that India is expanding to you know inviting other nations to come and play over there that's important I mean okay
3: uh, one other thing here okay we'll, we'll, we'll talk we're talking about um, the current World Cup but of course the decision was made to award the World Cup in 2026 to uh, North, North America which of course is like NAFTA it's like um, USA, Canada and Mexico so I mean uh, Ruben I mean straight with you like I mean is that a good decision because it awarded over Morocco which has bid many times before
1: I think uh, the FIFA uh, FIFA did uh, probably uh build up for uh, north america to kind of win that uh, bit because in a lot of ways if you see uh, there were a lot of uh, controversies as well when it comes to morocco and the the revenue as was not as much as the u.s would have generated for fifa so, so which means i think it would be much better for fifa in fact because it, that's there in north america
3: so it's it's basically a financial decision yeah, like
1: I, I, that's what i feel
3: would you reckon the same nikita
5: yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the uh, the North Americans have a good record record in terms of hosting mega events. Um, if you remember. Uh, the only Olympics ever that did not exceed the initially planned budget was the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, which was voted in the U.S. Well,
3: it was the start of the sponsorship and the start of advertising, really, when it's brought in, like, Kodak yeah, and Yeah, but so on still,
5: like that. to this day, it is the only mega event that did not exceed the initial planned budget, the only one. And plus, if we remember, the U.S. also recently hosted the Copa America, which was the, uh, I think it was the Jubilee event. Yes, right, yeah. Uh, I think it's still labeled as one of the economic, m- most economically successful Copa America in the history. So I, th- I think uh, it was a purely economic decision at this point, and I think it was the right one.
3: Okay, so I mean, okay, that that, that is fair enough. So we're, we're, we're coming down the side of uh, big books, and of course nowhere does it better than America, and that's for sure. We're going to have a chat with uh, Andrew Lisa with that just in a short while, because uh, uh, he, it's interesting for him as well, because as he said, he was very upset when America didn't qualify for this uh, World Cup, but uh, now he'd be happy that they wouldn't have to qualify. And of course, after the break, we we're going to discuss Will three teams from North America qualify? Because right now they've only three and a half places, but will there be only half a place left? So we're going to go out to a song, and this is a song requested last week by Alexey Kiriček. Uh, it's quite a nice song. It's a bit slow. So it's kind of like, like keep us in kind of a nice uh, a groovy mood, like a slowdown mood before we hit it, uh, you know, kind of built to a crescendo. Is that right, Nikki Stay? That's right. Exactly. So we're going to go out, and we have a quiz after break as well. So we're going to go out with John Bon Jovi and...
0: Thank you for loving me.
3: You're very welcome.
2: Sports with Alan Moore. see some time на уроках английского Строп Строп
1: Объясняет коммерческий директор Рекрутинговой компании Люк Джонс Лондон, Великобритания
2: Строп Это британский сленг. Если ты в плохом настроении сдулся Мы говорим, типа, cheer up Типа, don't be so stroppy ну, Вот, очень хорошее выражение Именно если человек, типа, ну, смотришь на него и думаешь Грустный парень Строп Строп <laughs>
3: okay, listeners, and watch as well. Uh DJ Nikki Stay said that like there might not be too many listeners, but uh, I did see you earlier on, Nikki Stay. You're playing on you your phone. Yeah, did you see me? I commented. I said, I saw you and Ollie. No. 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 What?
0: I'm Sorry, I'm lost. Oh,
3: my god! I'm not goodness. listening. <laughs> okay. You're not listening. With no I was too busy to pushing
0: the buttons.
3: <laughs> now you're pushing my buttons. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Okay, so thank you to you say. So, of course, I'm Adam Moore <laughs> with Capital Sports and Moscow's Capital FM. We are, of course, the, the source of English sports news in Russia, as always, and not just for the World Cup. So, uh, Nikita and Ruben, you're still here in the studio. So, Nikita, I know you have to run away because you have a big uh, thesis defense in the morning.
5: Uh, yeah, that's right. But I was trying to
3: keep it a secret. <laughs> OK, well, now everybody knows. So listen, before you go, I know you have to run away. So um, one one quick question. With this World Cup, what are your expectations? Who do you reckon is going to win and what, what do you think is going to become of uh, Team Russia?
5: Well, um, I'm actually not, not big on predictions, but I'll do this. Because the first time I was in the studio, you asked me about who was going to win the 2017 Roland Garros. and That's I said, right. And I said out of the blue Nadal, because right. I didn't know anybody else <laughs> <laughs> that could win at that time. And he did win, actually. Um, and this time, I lost a bet to my mom, and she, is, she loves Belgian waffles. So I'm going to go with Belgium on this one. Belgium to win the World Cup? Yeah. All right. What about Team Russia? You're such a patriot. Uh, Okay, I'm going to be with Team Russia until the end.
3: Oh, the group stage. Okay, fine. Okay, Nikita, thank you very, very much. All right, and we'll see you very, very soon back in the studio. Uh, Okay, Ruben, uh, just as Nikita exits stage left, and it is actually stage left, well you're left Um, listen we're asking about like you know uh, India and sport in India so football in India I mean you know there was there was a history of you know football in India for a long long time but why is it not breaking through uh, you know in the professional level and the international level
1: well, uh, I think there are a couple of problems when it comes to uh, India. Uh, firstly, there's a structural problem when it comes to you know infrastructure and, and the management and administration and all that. It's not being managed too well when it comes to India. And another thing is it's a cultural problem. You know, when it comes to foo- uh, football, there's no football culture in India. Uh, you see uh, in other countries, especially European countries, you see kids being groomed from a very young level. It starts very late in India and they're all spotted very late. So they, the skill level and it's not that good as you would expect them to be
3: yeah. I mean is it because uh, you know as you said, like, cricket is to be all and end all I mean cricket is everything is that why football isn't grasping yeah. the hearts of a nation
1: that would be one reason because the thing is everywhere you go there is cricket people know about cricket even you know even the slums and whether it's people rich people everybody knows about cricket so it's all about cricket but uh, interestingly, if you see the last couple of months, India has been, a uh, couple of years in fact, India has been getting much better in football. So uh, we're all very hopeful that, you know, soon we'll be joining Russia probably in the World <laughs> Cup. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and hopefully he's doing better in Russia as well. Uh, okay, so joining us in the studio right now is uh, USA Team USA's number one fan here in uh, Russia. And of course, he's a neighbor of mine as well, I have to say. And he's also teaching here at the Anglo-American School. Vis, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Did I say that correctly? Your name? Your yeah. family name? Yeah. Wies we Weiss? Yeah. Weiss. Okay, very, very good. Okay, Andrew, um, we're gonna, I'm just going to ask you straight out. So, 2026, are you happy that the USA won't have to qualify? Or miss out on qualifying?
6: Yeah, thrilled at that after this last debacle for uh, 2018, yeah. Really, I mean, really happy to get the tournament.
3: But, I mean, why, why was there that debacle? I mean, because the, the team is good enough. The players are playing at a decent level. The MLS
6: is increasing year on year. So, why
3: didn't it happen this sign it?
6: Yeah, I believe that a lot of the issues were a lack of team chemistry. And the coaches, you know, we had the change of coaches from Jurgen Klinsmann to Bruce Arena, who a lot of American fans felt that was going back to the old guard. And and there's a bit of politics at play there. And half of the team was favorites of Jurgen, And then the other half of the team was favorites of Bruce. And so there's multiple factions going on inside of the team. uh, Lack of cohesiveness. And then that last game... Against Trinidad in Trinidad on a flooded field, uh, a lot of the boys uh, they basically didn't take it as seriously as they thought they were going to. They thought they, they were just going to show up and win. Yeah, they thought that they would just go through the motions. They only needed a draw and uh, went down on an own goal and a and a worldie from about thirty five yards out. And so then it was a fight back, and they just couldn't do it. So okay, I mean, I mean, all right. So so they they missed out. Do you think it was it was a wake up call for for USA football? You know, I would like to think it would be afterward, uh, Bruce Arena especially, he stepped down straight away, but then for the few interviews, even up until just a couple of days ago, he's really not shown too much remorse. And he said, we really shouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't have done it any other way. And uh, so there's a bit of tone deafness, I think, with the uh, coaching staff that just uh, failed in qualifying. You know, there's 10 games in the last stage of qualifying and Bruce Arena is under, he was in charge for 8 of the 10. So, so, basically, it was like 80% of the results were down to him. Were on him, Well, yeah. I mean, as in sure, on his leadership, sure. you know? Yeah, we started off, you know, at at Costa Rica and home to Mexico and lost them both under Jürgen Klinsmann. And then that's when Bruce Arena came in. they right. two, they're, two they're, good sides. You know? They were probably two of the three most difficult games in that yeah. game stretch. And so we weren't really expecting to come out with six, certainly. And so... It was tough. Yeah, it was tough.
3: I mean, Ruben, I mean... How, how close do you reckon in the, for the next World Cup will India be to qualifying? I mean, you know, what, what, just describe to us a little bit for our listeners who might not know exactly how football is in India and the coaching structures and some of your international players as well.
1: Well, uh, not next Cup, definitely not next. Probably we'll join them in the US.
3: <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> that's optimism, that's optimism. Yeah, but uh, I think things are getting better now, you know, with uh, the new league and all that. So I think uh, people are giving more focus on youngsters and grooming them up. So I think uh, India should uh, make it... Uh, Right now, with, uh, our aim is our aims on the AFC uh, Cup that's next year. So, uh, hopefully, if we do well in that, then we, we we can evaluate ourselves and see whether, you know, maybe we can make it in the next eight years, perhaps.
3: Okay. Um, just uh, you be, before I let you away with that, there, there were two professional leagues. There was the I-League and then the, the Indian League. Yes, yeah. yes. So, I mean... How did that come about, and how is it right now?
1: Well, uh, there's a big problem going on. It's a tug-of-war, basically, between the ISL and the I-League uh, for top spot in, uh, you know, to call, uh, bragging rights to call it the top division. Uh, but then uh, then again, I think they're working on a merger right now. Uh, it's been a commercial decision, basically, to, you know, bring the ISL, and uh, it. Because the I-League is not as, uh, you know, commercially viable as the ISIL would be. So, uh, I think that was what uh, made them bring up the ISIL. And uh, now that a merger is being uh, suggested, I think that would do much better, you know, in in terms of uh, football growth development in India. it's good,
3: because your kids need a place to, to aim for, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, okay, before, before we go back, I have a question for Andrew that's just come in. But before I, I go back, uh, our question for this evening. So, of course, the, the World Cup was awarded in uh, for 2026 to uh, the USA, Canada, and Mexico. The current World Cup, of course, this year is here in Russia. But in 2022, where is the World Cup being held? Is it A, Qatar? Is it B, Indonesia? Or is it C, Ireland? So, A, a Qatar, B Indonesia, C Ireland. Okay, so get texting a message in on plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Okay, Andrew, straight across you. Um, if the USA, well, not if the USA, they will have the World Cup. Uh, so USA playing at home. How, like, you know, would they? Could they be potential winners on their own home soil?
6: Good question. Um, I don't know that they'd be expected to be winners, but I think the hopes would be quite high for the team. This group of players that have been playing in the uh, friendlies uh, this last week against Ireland and France, they just drew 1-1 with France, and the average age of that squad was under 23 years old. And so, you know, in eight years' time, you know, Christian Pulisic at Borussia Dortmund, he'll be 27 come the World His Cup in prime, the United basically. States. Right, and then uh, Weston McKinney at Schalke. He's starting for Schalke, and, and he'll be 27 as well. And so this this generation of players are all going to be coming of age right around that same time. So it's really exciting to think about you know, the squad that the United States could be rolling out around that time.
3: Just going to talk to me, just a slightly off topic, but kind of uh, important as well in terms of women's sports. So I'm just going to stay with you, Andrew, for a moment. So for women's football in the USA, the the team has been tremendously successful. They have, you know, they really brought soccer into the mainstream because, I mean, it was shown there. But, um,
6: you know, how is, say, women's soccer and girls' soccer developing in the US right now? Oh, it's huge. It's exploded. and, And a lot of it centered around the college game, the... The girls' college game is very uh, competitive, and it's, you know, in a lot of the metro areas around the country, girls' soccer is just as big as boys. And so I think that's really been uh, a cultural, uh, it's, it's fostered from, the, from really early age. And so um, girls love to play soccer, and they see, especially, you know, the heroes like Mia Hamm and Michelle Akers from, uh, Ten, fifteen years ago, and so those are the players that they sh- they strive to be and and that that 's really those heroes those girl heroes early on of really Fuel the sport for girls in soccer.
3: Just a whole lot to talk about college sports, so we'll come back in a second with that. Uh, Ruben, same for you because I mean there have been some you know breakout female athletes. Not from tennis like Sanya Mirza and so on from uh, India, but in terms of football, how is ladies football or women's football? Uh, there? Um,
1: nowhere close. Actually, it's actually rock bottom. In fact, for Indian uh, women's football, because uh, there's a lot of attention being given to men's football right now, but absolutely nothing to women's football, and that's actually pretty sad. So uh, there have been a lot of uh, you know talk on social media to. Uh, Bring them up as you know, support them as much as the men, but uh, unfortunately, that's not happening. Uh, well, uh, so, I mean, it,
3: it, in in terms of other women's sport, I mean, are there are there um, you, know, you know, are there efforts being made to try and raise it up in other sports like in tennis or, yeah, or in is other, it
1: just yeah, in other sports uh, like say badminton and tennis and all of that? There's definitely a lot of uh, women who are being uh, you know encouraged to play and all that. So, uh, and especially even even wrestling for that matter
3: so um, I mean boxing was very good yeah, Mary calm. I mean, I mean she definitely, was a, a, yeah. a multiple medal winner so there, there is efforts being made to try definitely. and push women's sports definitely um, Andrew back to you just in terms of college uh, sports in the US because it was always seen as a uh, okay we'll call it football but not US, not, not, not gridiron but like say soccer uh, that college uh, soccer was more of a hindrance than a help to the pro game because guys were going to get a decent scholarship but they weren't developing because they were student athletes so they were not breaking through, as I said, it would be from academies in
6: here in Locomotive and so on. Um, Has that changed in the U.S. or is it still the same? Slowly, slowly changing. Um, You know, as growing up in the United States, if you're playing youth soccer, the goal is always to get a soccer scholarship, not to go pro. And so that's been a big hindrance for the game, but that's slowly changing. And even the NCAA, the um, athletic body of college sports, they're working to change it. And they're actually, they've put forth a proposal to make soccer season a year-long sport, and so they've recognized that. It, it was makes,
3: an autumn sport, wasn't it? It's it just falls. in the oh, autumn, yeah, yeah. It's,
6: it's uh, just like a three-month-long season, and then oh. there's dead periods outside of that, so the oh. team can't even train, and so it's a backward system to funnel in players, you know, the best players, the brightest players in the country into a three-month season, and then they can't train outside of it. And so, yeah, it's changing. I don't know if that proposal will even go through in the NCA, but the the positive is that the the powers that be recognize that it's an issue and you know now you're starting to see the best players in the country leave you know like Christian Pulisic uh, went to Dortmund uh, Bobby Wood left Hawaii when he was 15 to go to Germany and so these boys recognize that the best way to develop is to get into Europe right but now. But are they the outliers of Andrew? Because, I mean, yes. it's the
3: same like with India. I mean, uh, there's been one Indian player playing, or there was one Indian player playing in England a long, long time ago, one Ingi- international. I saw just his name escapes me right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. So he played in the second division or third yes, division second, in England. So. third division, yes. yes. Um, I mean, with the huge, big diaspora, the Indian diaspora in the UK, for example, why are they not coming through? Because they're coming through in cricket. Um... Don't
1: really know because I'm, uh, I'm not <laughs> I know, know I know.
3: Well, is there is there a like say a cultural thing where soccer is seen or football is seen as a kind of a lower sport or a lower level sport?
1: No, definitely not. It's uh, seen as a more free sport. In fact, because uh, the thing is with cricket, you have uh, there are a lot of restrictions, but with football, there's a lot of freedom involved. So uh, I think. Uh, Football has a lot of appeal uh, in certain portions in India, not not pan India like cricket. Uh, when it comes to people in England, uh, I think they're probably just going just to watch the games and not. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> and I mean, I know that in uh, say in Goa, like where the, there was a, the Portuguese colony, that football is very very big. Like, yeah, coach, yeah, it's like so it's very, Goa, big.
1: Kerala, and the Northeast especially. The
3: Northeast. Uh, Andrew, I mean, like, from where you're from, I mean, your your team is Atlanta, so they're playing the MLS, correct? Yes. And so, uh, I mean, uh, how, how
6: big is football in the MLS, or in, in, in your region, in, in Georgia? Atlanta's one of the hotspots, I'd say, for youth soccer in the United States. It's a metro area of almost 6 million people. Right, and so it's a big area. The weather is conducive to playing soccer year round, and so um, it's a big youth soccer area. And there was a, another team, professional team in Atlanta, called the Atlanta Silverbacks. And played the, I played them in the AL a yeah. long time ago, yeah. Yeah, and so they, were, they had fairly strong fan um, support, but when Atlanta United came along, that's really what has caused uh, the professional soccer passion i suppose in atlanta to explode yeah excellent excellent okay so we're going to go to a break so
3: again that question so the 2022 world cup is it being held in a qatar is it held in b indonesia or c ireland plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three now ruben you're going to leave us right now um but you will come back to us won't you
1: yeah you'll jump back
3: in. okay great and you enjoy yourself in our studio yes i mean it's always wonderful we've got nikki stay here and she like makes sure she pushes all the right buttons correct
0: yes yes (laughs) by the way we do have uh, an answer
3: Okay, so well we won't announce the answer just yet because if it's the right one, don't tell it on air. We can't <laughs> tell on air. Okay, uh, okay. so we are going to go out to... Uh, Andrew's staying with us. This going to leave us, but we're, we're going to go out to a song that... kind of We're going to redeem Will Smith a little, bit, a little bit because his World Cup song, I'm not even going to mention the name because it's just absolute drought, It's terrible. Um, <laughs> I really... I mean, it's just gone down the tubes. However, I've liked him since he was the Fresh Prince. I've liked him when he was with DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Nightmare on Elm Street or My Street and so on. So, let's warm ourselves up. We had a slow song from Bon Jovi to start off with. Now we're going to, like, move a little bit. So, this is uh, Mr. Will Smith and getting jiggy with it.
2: Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Bring it.
7: On your mark, ready, set, let's go Floor, bro. I know, you know, I go psycho when my new joint hit. just can't sit, gotta get jiggy with it. That's it. Now, honey, honey, come ride. TKNY, all up in my eye. You got a, ride a bag with a lot of stuff in it. Give it to your friend, let's spin. Hey, by looking at me, glancing at the kid. Wishing me was dancing the Jig here with this handsome kid. Sick a cigar right from Cubic Bar, I just bite it. for the look, I don't like it. No way to end, on the hand they offlay. play. Give it up, cheeky, make it feel like foreplay. Yo, my cardio is in. You on the ball with your kid? Watch your step, you might fall trying to do what I did, mama. Uh, mama, uh, mama, come close side. In the middle of the club with your rubber dub. Uh, no love for the haters, the haters Mad cause I got floor seats at the Lakers. See me on the 50 yard line with the Raiders. Let leave, he told me I'm the greatest. I got the fever for the flavor of a crowd pleaser. DJ play another from the president, your highness. Only bad chicks in my whip. South to the west, to the east, to the north, bump my hips and watch them go off. But go off and get that short And you don't stop In the winter order, the I mix it hot getting, getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it Getting jiggy with it Getting jiggy with it 850 IS, if you need a lift, who's the kid in the drop, who else will slip, living that life, some consider a myth, rock from South Street to 125, women used to tease me, give it to me now, nice and easy, since I moved up like George and Weezy, cream to the maximum, I'll be would you like to bounce with your brother, that's platinum, never see will exact enough. rather play ball with Shaq up, flatten up
1: Которым вас не учили на уроках английского.
2: Whoopsie wave, whoopsie wave.
1: Объясняет коммерческий директор рекрутинговой компании Люк Джонс, Лондон, Великобритания.
2: Whoopsie wave. От слова wave, когда машешь рукой, whoopsie по ошибке, когда машешь руку, например, другу, и другой человек ошибочно думает, что, о, он мне машет рукой и тебе машет тебе в ответ. Whoopsie wave. Whoopsie wave. Capital school. Oh, capital. Capital. M. Mm. Capital sports. with Alan
3: Moore. So just after we heard uh, Will Smith getting jiggy with it, and some of our people outside as well, were also getting jiggy with it. Uh, so yes, of course, that question again. So where's 2022 World Cup being held? Is it A Qatar? Is it B Indonesia or C Ireland? And uh, we we do have the. The prizes are two pairs of tickets to the Champ Talks, which are next Thursday. We already have a winner from last week. She contacts says she she was waiting to pick up her tickets, so you'll get them, Arena. Not to worry. Uh, so that number again plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. So Andrew uh, Wise, Wise. Weiss. Weiss. Weiss, you see, I have to make sure to get it right. Uh, he's still in the studio, and joining us, joining us all the way from Ireland, all the way from Dublin, all the way from Ballybrack even. He's a Southsider, but I won't hold out against him, because he is a, a, a decent man. He is the managing editor for News... OK, I'm going to go through these altogether, John. For News Talk FM, for Off the Ball. For the news elements, Adam. News elements, excuse yeah, me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not imaginary. OK, for news elements. So we've got News Talk, we've got Off the Ball, we have 98 FM, we have Today FM, we've Spin, and all the regional outlets. As That's well, right, there. yeah. Did I miss anything out? No. Nope. And you're also a published author as well. Yeah, John Duggan, Beat the Bookies, which is a book about gambling. I don't have to do that here in <laughs>
2: Russia. But, uh, we
3: do, but like, uh, we, we might get into trouble. What do you reckon, Andrew? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we just keep going but, um, but
8: uh, no, The World Cup is all we care about here on the eve of the greatest show on earth. Russia, Saudi Arabia, tomorrow, the Luzhniki. That's the only thing that matters in the world right now. And everybody is looking inwards on Russia right now.
3: I don't think even the, the uh, Russian players are as pumped up as you are right now. So listen, yeah, If you're
8: not pumped up, you should not be here. None of us should be here in the world unless you're speaking the global language of football.
3: I'm tired at this stage. I've been like I'm I've not been, tired.
8: I've been 10 years at this thing. I'm plugging adrenaline into myself every five minutes. <laughs> and um, you, you slump and then you get buzzed about the World Cup. Yeah.
3: And listen, I'm, I'm going to ask you straight up, how have you found the organisation so far and the, the ease of access and accreditation and transport and so on?
8: Well, I always find with cities, major cities, you always should look first of all to the metro or the underground rail system and that's always the easiest way to get around and that's the what I've, exactly what I've done. And luckily my accommodation is what, uh, up at the Botanic Gardens. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once once you get your bearings in terms of the the main thoroughfare, which is obviously everything is pretty central, the Kremlin, Red Square, um, you know, the Bolshoi Theatre and the Arbat, the main shopping street. So, um, you, once you get your bearings, everything is fine. And I found it like any other global city, like Paris, like Berlin, like London, like any other global city. Like so, Dublin, um, bigger, <laughs> uh, and uh, in Dublin they don't have security checkpoints at the metro station. Uh, but obviously, look, um, you know, this is a global city, a big city, uh, a lot of focus on Russia. Uh, they want it to be safe. They want it to go off well. They want it to go off successfully. And everybody here, I'm sure, wants uh, to be proud of the, the job the organizers do over the next month and a day. That's good. And, I mean, um, you're in newbie here, but, Andrew, how long have you been here? It's my fifth year living Your in fifth Moscow. fifth year. Yeah.
3: What changes have you seen? Because, I mean, I, I've been I've been—I've outlining something to John, but, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm of course... Bias in a way because I'm I'm looking through well, not even
6: rose. I, I'm I'm more negative than positive. What have you seen changed in your five years here? The city of Moscow has changed massively in the last five years. I remember when we first arrived, you know, there were, the restaurants around where we lived, right around Belaruskaya, you know, not very many of them even had English menus, and uh, and now pretty much any restaurant you go to has English menus, English speaking waitresses and and waiters, and, and now on the streets you see signs in English. Saying you know almost in every direction wherever you're going and the the, the sights to see the landmarks and and in the metro as well the new tiles and the new signs and the now the English language in the trains itself and so Moscow is much easier to navigate now and I think everything's been in preparation for the World Cup and it's it's going to make it a brilliant
8: experience for all of the visitors.
3: I, um, John, back, back to you. I mean, you were in uh, Georgia before, yes, um,
8: in two thousand three, fifteen years ago.
3: And I mean, can you?
8: Okay. Can can you just like describe what it was like to hit Tbilisi? Grim, very grim, and I don't know if there was. I think it was it was uh, more democratized pretty soon afterwards. But I found it dangerous on the first night. There was, um, you know, some of my colleagues were accosted and robbed uh, or attempted robbery. So um, that could have been a one off, of course. But didn't find it very safe. I found it very um, just very Soviet. Uh, you know, obviously it was a. Not too long out of the um the breakup with the USSR. so look i think i think the world has come on i even remember the equipment i was using back then i was using this thing called a comrex machine which is just taking ages forever to get anything sent down the line and not, not obviously the best quality i was doing a skype today yesterday i was doing a skype video call near the Bolshoi, and um because uh, i'm writing this week but I, i'm touching base with home and um just just the global technology has come on so much. Like, even if you look at it, I mean, I, I got an iPhone uh, X for work recently. Like, even comparing that to a 6, like, it's just no comparison. So, things are moving at a very fast pace, and I think Rush is just, just a part of that now.
3: And that's a plug for iPhone and Apple, but uh, we'll let that go.
8: Uh, Andrew, I mean, you, you're, you've you got tickets,
6: of course, for, for, um, for, for the World Cup. Where are you going to go, and what are you going to see? So, all of the games I'm going to see are in Moscow. Um, it's just, there's... You know, we're really fortunate that in Moscow there's two stadiums hosting games, and so it's easy to stay here. And so I've got tickets to five different games as of now here in Moscow. So who are you going to see? Make us jealous. Uh, firstly, Argentina-Iceland on Saturday, and then the next... John, John is, gr- John is here because he wants to go see that as well. But okay, go ahead, Andrew. But then the next day as well, Germany-Mexico, so that's a pretty good 48-hour span yeah. there. And then uh, Tunisia-Belgium. And, and then July 1st and July 3rd, the first knockout round games at both Spartak and Luzhniki. So. I think one of them could, could be uh, featuring Russia. if they Potentially, get yeah. If they finish, uh, I believe, second in Group A. They'll
2: be on
3: the Luzhniki. Yeah, that's For, right. Uh, in I mean, John, I'm okay. you're, you're a credit course with media. Um,
8: what games are you most looking forward to seeing? Um, anything in the knockout stages that I can get to. Uh, The knockout stage is where this World Cup's really going to kick off. I think the group stage is pretty predictable. There will be surprises and shocks, but the knockout stage is where we're going to see the elite of football um, at the biggest stage in the world, quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. That's what it's about, really. But in the group stages, I'm going to see England, Belgium, and Kaliningrad. So I'm going to fly out to Kaliningrad and come back on the same day. Um, I'm going to Nizhny Novgorod to see Argentina, Croatia. That'll be interesting to see Messi play. And Germany, Mexico on Sunday, like, um, my friend here, so uh, yeah, the world champions, you know, starting any new World Cup is, a, is an experience in Mexico. Or no, uh, you know, there are no uh, back numbers, so I think Mexico d- could do something as well. You know,
3: I mean, because that is uh, usually the world champions like mess up, like the defending champions. Yeah. I mean, like Andrew, I mean, you, you could, you could, uh, you know, you yeah, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we've seen it like with so many with well, Argentina, of course, losing one 0 to Cameroon, and so on. Like, yeah, back in nineteen ninety, playing
8: the last time, yeah,
3: yeah, but I mean.
6: Is that kind of like a curse or is it just kind of it happens? Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's the World Cup is a tough tournament where even if you might be the best team in the world, it's still just a tournament. It's not a 35 game season, right? And so there's always one-offs and it's it's difficult to repeat in a tournament like this.
8: Yeah, yeah. I think that Hasn't been done since 62 when Brazil won it, 58-62. Um, but a lot of times countries are moving to different places. So England won in 66, then they're going off to Mexico, a different kind of environment. Uh, Germany won in 74, then go to Argentina in 78. So that, that can have a lot to do with it. And also teams peaking. It's so hard to peak. I mean, Italy really peaked in 82. Uh, Spain, it peaked in 2010, but maybe we're past it by 2014 and they're coming back again until this madness today on the eve of the World I mean, Cup. I wanted to ask you a pedigree um, being sacked a day before the World Cup starts, in two days before play, Spain play Portugal but why,
3: was in a, Why was that? Because, I mean, it was, it was agreed beforehand that he would, after the World Cup, step down and take over the Real Madrid team, but then they announced it before the World Cup starts. I mean, that, that just seems... Was it was it Real Madrid playing silly buggers? Was it well, Perez? Real Madrid,
8: I, I think Real Madrid have a lot to answer for here. Um, they didn't tell the Spanish FA. If you, if you believe the Spanish FA... Um, and their, and their man, you know, so I, I think they were told five minutes before. And I just think that Real Madrid, Luis Rubiales, that's his name, um, could have done a lot better in terms of leaving this alone until after the World Cup and maybe Zidane is right to be getting out there now but you like I think the Spanish FA have said you know what you might be Real Madrid you might be the Champions League winners three years in a row but you don't tell us what to do in terms of who he, who manages us and when he manages us I'd he you the contract extension until 2020 this uh, uh Pedigui but it's just madness I mean some of the players think want him to stay some of the players uh, were indifferent about it and Fernando Huero now who is the technical director of the Spanish FA is going to come in and try and have a salvage mission but this was a really interesting insight. Into, was um, going
3: to, to coach the team. Yeah, he
8: is. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see. Okay, yeah. He, that it's a nice. really interesting insight into like the likes of Andres Iniesta, Sergio Ramos playing their fourth World Cup. How much power players now actually have, and how much is it, is it about the coaches?
3: I mean, if, I mean, we saw, it, of course, in two thousand and two, uh, with there was two teams, Republic of Ireland and Slovenia, both had their main stars have, fell out with the manager, and both stars. We're, were were thrown out basically. Or well, Roy Keane tries to say he's walked. Uh, he walked. He's out, sent, he was, him, yeah. he's sent home Yeah. Sent him. Yeah. So I mean, uh, Andrew I mean, like looking at it from the outside. I mean, you're
6: you're a big follower of football and so on.
3: So I mean, what do you, what do you reckon will this have a, a serious effect on, on
6: Spain? I I think it has to have an effect, though. I mean, the players are professionals and they they're coming in to play, you know, a, a game that they already know and a system that they already know. And I can't imagine that it's going to change their game plan at all. Hierro's not going to come in and, and drastically change anything at this point. He's going to be a manager of the of the stars that he already knows. And they all know him and they respect him. And so, But they've played together before as well. That's right. People, that's know? right, yeah. So, uh, you know, it'll have an effect. But I, I, it's not going to deep-six their chances, I don't think. The, they'll still move out of the group, I would say. I
3: mean, because I, I mean, I mean, they are in a tough group. You've got Portugal as
6: well. So, yeah, I mean, right. of course, uh, Perez and
3: Cristiano Ronaldo are, like, giggling away way into their uh, bowls of whatever super the region right now. I mean, t- you're know, t- talking about like you know a-, a guy coming in to manage players that he's, that he's previously played with. Again, go back to 2002. Mick McCarthy has you know given Roy Keane what for on a tour of America, I believe, and yeah. then he ends up managing him. And there wasn't that kind of respect, at least we believe, from Roy Keane towards Mick McCarthy. I mean, is that could that be a real, real you know kind of grenade being thrown into the Spanish dressing room?
8: Uh, well, the Roy Keane McCarthy thing was a personality clash, and then Roy. Um, you know, probably acted over the top uh, in 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 Japan. And uh, by the way, re- you said that, not me. So, Roy, yeah, yeah, no, no, if you're listening, that no, was John talking, not me. No, said no, that. Well, I, you know, why was he sent home? So, uh, m- m- whatever way he handled the situation, maybe he inflamed the situation after the newspaper. Um, uh, we won't go into it, but um, that was about the manager and a player, the star player, the player who got in there, one of the best midfielders in the world at the time. Um, this is about a manager that the players liked, respected, who's just leaving. Um, so I actually don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. Where it'll have an impact in is their style of play. Um, you know, players like Isco, who's in and out of Real Madrid, but has been really nurtured by this coach, Le Pedigui. scored twice against Italy, three times against Argentina. Rodrigo might have felt he would have had a chance. Uh, Le Pedigui worked with a lot of these players under 21 level. So that's what's interesting for me. Will the shape, will the style, um, will the players just be able to just seize it themselves and do that? Or would they need that guidance? And uh, these are the, I suppose, we're talking about small margins here. You look at Brazil, you look at Spain, you look at France, you look at Germany, all these contenders to the World Cup. and um, There's not much between them. Um, and these are the small margins this thing could be decided on. And that might be a negative for Spain in the later stages of the competition.
3: I mean, okay, Andrew, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're talking about this and we're, we're talking about, like, you know, what could happen and what's going to happen and so on. But, I mean, okay, if, if, if for example, if Spain go on and, you know, do
6: go on a run, uh, would you be in favour of, say, here or taking over the job full time? He's certainly going to make a case for it if they can, if he can get the boys together and they can play through this tournament as a team and they can rely on the, you know, the leadership of Iniesta and you know have a bit of stardom from Isco and players like that. You'd have to say that if Hierro can get them all together and that I don't see why he shouldn't be a candidate, at least a strong candidate to to hold the job after the tournament.
3: I mean, would you now? Okay, just uh, moved across. John, back to you. Would you be in favor of um, you know? I don't know. I mean. Would you be a favour of a, uh, of a sports director, for example, stepping down to take over, or stepping in to take over a team with like that? I mean, does does it make Temporarily, sense? Temporarily,
8: all it's about is now. It's all about the World Cup. It's not really about after after that. And the only thing that matters to Spain is that they get out of that group and win the group and then have an easier uh, job against Russia, Saudi Arabia or Egypt likely, with the Uruguay to, likely to top Group A. It doesn't really matter what happens after this. So um, it wouldn't be... Who knows where Spain are going to be on Friday night if Portugal beat them after all this and, and if Portugal beat them, they're not going to blame it on tactics, they're not going to blame it on the fact that Portugal played well, they're going to blame it on this controversy
3: Will they blame it on Perez? Um, because I mean, I'm, I yeah, think it's the Real players,
8: I, yeah, so I mean I yeah, well, yeah, like, well, wonder how the likes of Jared Piquet and uh, uh, Jordi Alba it would feel, so that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting point, but you know, Real Madrid is a club that I think is it's got a lot of issues, and it's it, Real Madrid. Anybody would want? Why would Zinedine Zidane want to walk away from Real Madrid? Three, three
3: Champions League in a row. Yeah, that,
8: that would say to me that Real Madrid is a club that's going to be going into a transition. And you know what? Le Lapetit could be sacked after six months at Real Madrid. And what would he? What are we looking back at then? I could have managed Spain in the World Cup. Who knows how they're going to perform? And I think it's a risky move from a man who didn't do well at Porto, who was linked with the Wolves a couple of years ago and nearly took the job at Wolves. Great ascension for him, but an ascension will it be built on sand? We'll only and, find out at
3: one time. And unbeaten. At think
8: in 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 yeah, charge I mean, of spain I mean, yeah and at youth level um i think we lost maybe one game at youth level but I'm unbeaten in the qualifiers in, in, and the seniors yeah of course senior level yeah unbeaten the qualifiers but spain have not been beaten in qualifiers since 1993 so that could be oh. a bit of a false uh, mirage yeah. so look it's it's it. these things are just it's it's the it just it's not an ideal preparation and what you want uh, like look at brazil brazil have an ideal preparation going into the world cup germany have an ideal preparation uh france Maybe not the ideal preparation because we're not sure if Deschamps knows his best team. Argentina have not had an ideal preparation because they're three coaches in qualifying and Sampaioli is only in a year. And he's been changing formations and changing systems. England, to be fair, have had an ideal preparation. So you're looking at preparation, you're looking at the groups that the teams are in, and you're looking for momentum as well.
3: Okay, so uh, before you head away, because we're going to, need to break in a moment, so Andrew, I know you're going to have to, to leave. Uh, so what do you reckon? Uh, first of all, Team Russia and who do you reckon is going to win the World Cup if it's not Team Russia?
6: Oh, I would, love, I, lo- I would love for Russia to get out of the group. I think, you know, the country's going to rally around it and the home games are just going to be amazing. And so I, it's going to be a tough task. Could they finish second in the group? It's possible. Um, this isn't their most star-laden squad, though. So. And to win the whole thing? I kind of like Germany to repeat.
3: All right, so Germany to repeat. Okay, that that that's fine. Uh, all right, so we're going to go to a break. Uh, so again, that question: Where is the twenty twenty two World Cup being held? Is it A Qatar, B Indonesia, or C in Ireland? So plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Right. So uh, John is going to stay with us a little bit, and uh, Andrew's heading away. The World Cup is getting pumped up. So, John, just in, in, in honor of you, I know you wanted Russians by, by Sting, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to go really, really old school. We're going to go real old school. We're going to go Microsoft old school. This is a Windows launch. You know what song it is? No, what is it? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this, we're going to wait to the break. I think
8: I know what it is, but I can't remember the name. Of it. I know. So this is the Rolling Stones
3: and Nicky Sting. Start, Start
2: me up, almost. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. almost got it.
3: Okay, talk to you after the break.
2: Capital Sports with Alan Moore. World Cup in Russia one day left the latest news now